0: Welcome, Welcome to the, to the Recombobulator, Recombobulator Lab, Lab with, with Jason, Jason Gramny and, and Chris Dominic. Hey, Chris.
1: Hey, Jason. Ever heard of a triple threat? Sure. Like a baller who can pass, shoot, and dribble? Or a rugby player who can catch, pass, and kick? Or that annoying guy at the party who can sing, dance, and be vulnerable?
0: Sure, whatever. Anyway, MealPass is the lab's newest sponsor, and they are a serious triple threat.
1: So it can sing and dance and be vulnerable? Boy,
0: no. MealPass elegantly solves the three most serious problems facing America today. Our singing and dancing deficiencies. (laughs) Oh, my God. No. Enough. No singing, no dancing. What I'm talking about is a company that can help feed America's 50 million food insecure citizens, put money into the pockets of the country's 1 million restaurants who are trying to recover from the pandemic, and reduce food waste. Whoa, tell me more. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? MealPass is a technology platform developed here in Australia. It gives restaurants a platform to list any end-of-day meals they'd otherwise throw away. Those in need access a code from a charity food partner. They fire up the app, choose a meal from a restaurant in their area, and go and collect it. In doing so, the restaurant qualifiers for lucrative but hard to access tax deductions
1: and they reduce their food waste. That really is a triple threat. Providing money to restaurants, offering food to the hungry and reducing GHG by reducing food waste.
0: That's right. In a three month pilot, mid pandemic here in Australia, 500 restaurants signed up, including Seven Eleven and Subway. 55,000 meals were served and 100,000 pounds of landfill bound food waste was rescued. That's phenomenal. Am I right? Yeah. So when I'm not being a scintillating podcast host with you, I'm helping Millpass launch in the US. We've onboarded our first restaurants and served our first meals to those in need. It's so exciting to see it launch. How can our listeners learn more to or help? They can head to millpass.org to learn more. They can also help us by introducing us to any restaurants in their area that would want to sign up and start earning tax deductions. We're also looking to build our team. So if anyone would like to join us on our mission, we have really cool sales roles on offer. It's a really simple sell, trust me.
1: That's a way better triple threat than my singing dancing one. <laughs> I'm not even
0: sure that was ever in question. Question. Mill pass, radical generosity done profitably. This week on the lab, we welcome Maxi the lifeguard from Bondi Rescue, the global factual TV hit. Maxi was the youngest ever professional lifeguard to patrol Bondi Beach at 16 and he's now a firefighter. And he's a local legend here in Bondi. He actually rescued my younger son Harper after he hurt his knee surfing. He put him on the quad bike in the sand and drove up to our front door. It was epic service. So welcome Maxie. Thank you for having
2: me. It's
1: good to be here. <laughs> Welcome Maxie. I I was just talking to Maxie before we got started and I said I don't understand because I don't I don't typically like shows like Bondi Rescue and I cannot stop watching Bondi Rescue. <laughs> I just watch I went on YouTube because that's in, in the States that's what all we can really do is go on YouTube and I watched I think probably five in a row of these little promo videos and it's just yeah it catches you
2: in. It really does. Bondi is just a one-of-a-kind place. Uh, some of the things I've dealt with and seen and been a part of the last 17 years as a lifeguard, you know, you think you've seen it all and then something, bam, hits you. Even I'm on duty today and uh, someone was walking on the promenade with a dog that had a coat with a lifeguard jacket on it. Oh, yeah. Um, never seen yeah, that before. that's beautiful. So, <laughs> so I've got a photo with that. Why I'm in uniform when the dog's in uniform? It's Yeah, so it's always something going on.
1: I don't know if you know this, Maxie, but it, in the States, we, we have jury consultants and that's what, what I do. And uh, we deal with uh, cases every once in a while that involve lifeguards and firefighters and and yep. they're incredibly loved people. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. I, and I thought to myself, I should just ask you, how did you get started in all of this?
2: Yep. So I've always had a passion to become a firefighter from the age of two and joined the surf club when I was younger, around 10. South River Surf Club and then I kind of I fell in love with the lifeguarding side of it and then I knew that was going to be a step. even at a young age I knew that was going to be a stepping stone to help me achieve my goal of becoming a firefighter and here in Australia you need to go to year 12 and you need to finish year 12 and be able to apply to become a firefighter and because I left school in year 10 and took up a traineeship as a lifeguard I made sure I went to TAFE one day a week to get my equivalent Cert 3 equivalent or HSC equivalent so as soon as I turned 18 I started applying meanwhile I was lifeguarding as well I tried 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 and I got in and when I was 24, just tipped over six years as a firefighter. I've been a lifeguard for the last 17 years. I absolutely love it. And in between uh, doing firefighting and lifeguarding, I'm an author as well. And I also have created a, a company with my business partner, Live, uh, Lee. Uh, it's called Live, Learn, Survive. And basically I educate kids, water safety and fire safety all around America, UK, basically all around the world. We've just taken it all online. So yeah, we're, we're doing we're kicking goals uh, everywhere, <laughs> hopefully.
0: it's Such it's a good. great story. Um, so cool. So Bondi Rescue, obviously a massive global show. When we lived in the States for 10 years, we this lovely checkout person at the local supermarket, and she was a massive fan. And I remember the day I left the US to come home after ten years, I gave her my Speedos Cafe cap, which was one of the closest things of merchandise related to Bondi Rescue that I could. So huge global hit. What are some of the highlights for you? Some of the highlights is definitely you know a lot of people don't realize, even it is a
2: television show, you know some of the amazing things that we've done as lifeguards. We've you know I've been. A part of at least six or seven resuscitations where it has been captured on film and we have brought the people back to life. You know, it's, you know, things like that. And it's kind of, you kind of have that sentimental thing where, you know, you can always reflect in 10, 20, 30, 40 years' time and go, oh, remember. And I was 18, 19, 20 doing that sort of stuff but you know some of the more major things that we deal with as well a lot of people don't realise we, you know there's a lot of mental health and un- unfortunately you know um, there's a lot of cliffs around so we do a lot of things around the cliffs of people unfortunately taking their lives so uh, mm. it has its stresses and as a firefighter too same sort of thing we do rescues, fires you know storm damage all sorts of things mm. so I'm always around that sort of stuff but always trying to make sure it's positive and that's why I stem it all the way back to the education if I educate people of what to do in an emergency situations they can not only look after themselves, they look after others as well. So creating these books and creating the online rescue squad, that's my goal at the moment is getting the education out there to make sure people are safe at the beach and in everyday life.
0: It's extraordinary work. I was thinking coming into this, your work, so whether you're lifeguarding or firefighting, and as a US audience might have forgotten, we had gigantic bushfires just before the pandemic. It was really preparation course it yep. was like you know we're going to go biblical here <laughs> we're going to go raging yeah. bushfires pandemic rivers running red yep. locusts and, and the few floods, a few, few floods for a few floods in there as well but you're i want to understand what's happening with your adrenal glands because they <laughs> must be how do you guys stay oh, calm it, like yeah. we had a guy trip over here and your net, it was too, actually chris was staying upstairs do you remember this you rang yes. me i was walking the promenade and you said look a guy's fallen down here and you guys rocked mm. up and I called the cops, and I was—I had an adrenal response just ringing someone. Yeah. But what do you oh, have a process? What well, do you do? It's um, just to remain calm. On? You got to <laughs> remain
2: calm. Um, if, if everyone's panicking, that's not a good day for anyone. So a lot of a lot of thing in our job is reassurance. You know, obviously someone's having the worst possible day of their lives. We come in there, we try and make it just a little bit better by giving them first aid, removing them from a situation. You know, for example, a car accident where they're trapped. You know. We try and reassure and try and make things just that little bit better and if we do come across the unfortunate event of a fatality we make sure we treat the bodies and all that with dignity and we make sure we do the right thing there but to answer your questions between lifeguarding in the summertime during those those bushfires i was literally lifeguarding like on the saturday and then going to work on the sunday and then getting the strike team to the blue mountains and fighting trying to save houses up there coming back i just love the the action i love love being a part of you know the community and helping people as a firefighter i work out of city of sydney fire station so Cool thing is I work at the busiest fire station in Australia, if not Southern Hemisphere, and I work at the busiest beach in Australia. You know, I I really take pride on uh, how I hold myself and what I do and when I do the education and the knowledge and all that sort of stuff, I really take pride in, you know, the the experiences and stuff that I've dealt with to try and make it as positive as I can and and educate kids and young adults and even adults and parents as well. Um, It's amazing how many times I go to these school talks and go to schools and libraries, and I talk to the kids and also the young adults, and then the parents come up to me and go, Oh, gee, I never knew that about fire safety, or I never knew that about resuscitation. Right. It's still early days of everything I'm doing, but the cool thing is I'm just chipping away in the background. I'm just doing it, I'm just rolling with the punches, getting things done. And one day, you know, maybe the world will realize what I've been doing all these years of education and be able to get it out to even more people and the, and the unfortunate people that can't have access to the internet or, me coming to their local school doing the face-to-face stuff i love to be able to get it all out there and, and help the communities yeah. even more that's really cool
1: that's awesome Maxie. hey you know Maxie, jason you know what i want to do now what's that what's that mate? i want to have a lifeguard firefighter quiz and you guys are both gonna on be on the same time yes oh uh, you're on the same team oh, thank god okay are you ready i was yes.
0: i did this before with steve yeah. solomon yeah. with that we crushed it.
1: Yeah, you guys did really well. He crushed that it. Was, <laughs> that actually, was a good, it's a good thing Steve was on your team because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I All don't right. know. All right, Let's here go. we go, you guys ready? Yeah. I'm starting with a hard one. Here yep. we go. Who invented the rescue board sometime between 1910
0: and 1915? All right. <laughs> that is, is, that a multi- is there a multiple, yeah. <laughs> is multiple choice
1: or? <laughs> not, on, not on this one. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs>
0: Du- Duke Kahana and that's yeah, juice. Nice.
1: that's Jukes you, you know the, what that,
2: I, I think he'd come, come over here to Bondi because Bondi back then even though it was early mm-hmm. days of the surf culture he um, showed the local surf clubs here how to use it yes and, um, you know what mate I love my history I love my history <laughs> throw, <laughs> any, I mean, throw me any ancient ancient Rome or anything question I'll be ready to answer it
1: he introduced surfing to Australia on a yeah. trip that he took here in 1914 yep. I think to many he, he, he won like a bunch of Olympic gold medals in swimming and he was
2: because before then they used the, the reels and stuff like that and they had the surf boats but uh, he actually bought the boards yeah. and then after uh. that they started surfing and that's why bondi <laughs> is now known as a surfing reserve because
1: of 1940 oh,
0: <laughs> nobel yeah nobel yeah. prize for yeah.
1: all right all right you guys can't be touched here we go ready this is uh, here this is multiple choice Good. Two, Bondi Beach lifeguards save approximately how many people over one summer? To
2: over a, two and a half.
1: Or, and, oh, well. A is 2,000. <laughs> B is 3,000. Yeah. C is 4,000. And D is 5,000. I'm going to oh. say
2: it's 2,500. Over 2,500.
1: It's 5,000. Really? That's
0: a juiced up it number really for the is. American audience.
1: Wow, I didn't even realize. <laughs> um, oh, I mate, the biggest day to... as a lifeguard, I, I had
2: 136 rescues just really? by myself. Yeah, there was um, a bit of board rescues there, a bit of jet ski rescue. But yeah, mate, 138 in, in one day. Eight hour shift? In yeah. a, no, we do 12 hour shifts. So we work from six till seven at night, oh, or 13 really? hours, but we get an hour lunch break.
1: Do you have like tattoos on your back for like rescues? Nah, not nah, <laughs> like a little
2: notch. But in saying that though, as a firefighter there's a firefighter I work with um the Halligan tool where we used to force entry into doors when there's fires he's got a little no- he's got all the notches on his um his tool that every time he's made entry really? to an apartment
1: yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's that's awesome yeah. I, I, I just love that okay ready yep the highest grossing firefighter movie of all time is Backdraft oh <laughs> <laughs> he's good this guy's the king <laughs> I didn't even get him out. (laughs) Backdrop. (laughs) Oh, his favorite movie of all time. He's right. Was that a multi choice as well? (laughs) I was going multiple choice. (laughs) What what, what was it? Maxie's like making her show ten minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, A was Collateral Damage with Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, yeah. uh, which is the fourth grossing. And B is Frequency with Dennis Quaid, which is the third grossing. Mm. And then C is Ladder 49 with John Travolta, which oh, is the yeah, second yeah. grossing. And then D was Backdraft with Kurt Russell, which was... Yeah, Kurt no Russell, might He's the no. king. Man, yeah. he's the king.
2: That's
0: funny.
1: Okay, here we go. Four. In the U.S., how many people are saved each year by firefighters?
0: Ooh.
1: On say 40. Oh, Hold on. B, 400, C, 40,000, and D, 400 million.
0: <laughs> Can't be 400 million.
1: So it? it's got to be C, It's going to be C. Because uh, our is over in the States, do
2: uh, a lot of medical stuff as well. Oh, oh they do. It's C. Do paramedic, paramedic stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So here's a bonus question. It has nothing to do with the topic at all. <laughs> Rank the countries with most the most listenership to the Recombobulator Lab podcast. <laughs> all right. Here we go. All right. Number one would be go get America, America. That's that's correct. Number two, Australia, correct. Number three, Mm UK. Yeah, UK. Yeah, correct. Oh Oh, my god, God, that's weird. Okay, number four, Uh, Trinidad (laughs) and (laughs) Tobago. Correct. No, No, I can't. No, no, it's Canada. It? Canada. Canada. Oh, it's Canada. Canada's wow, Canada. All right, number, number five. Come on, keep working. Oh, keep oh, working. J- uh, Japan. France. France. Really? Yes. France. 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 Okay, so number six. Give it a shot.
0: Oh, I'm running out of countries. German. Germany.
1: Yep. Oh, that's a good guess. It's Spain. Ooh. It's okay. Number seven. We're going to go to ten.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> running out of country. Uh, 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 it's close, to, you. it's close scan- to
1: your heart, Jason. It's close to your heart. Seven. Oh, it is Japan. Yes, really. Yes, that was yes. So cool. eight. It's part of your your genetic construction. Oh, Ireland. Uh, yes. yes, it's Ireland. <laughs> uh, nine. Very large. Very large geographic space. China. Oh, Russia. Russia. Very Russia. Large <laughs> space. Russia. We have people from Russia listening. We have people from Russia listening, and number (laughs) ten, New Zealand. It's Nordic country. You have to get kidding? Oh no! What? Wow, Denmark. Denmark. It's Denmark. There we go. All right, right. 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 we did it! Yay! Yay. Okay. All right. All right. I, that was excellent. That was Thanks good. Board. I
0: want to dive into because I get the whole, the, the lifeguarding I obviously knew and, and, uh, and the, the firefighting, but, and you've touched a little bit on this, the next stage, which is the books you've written, the Lifeguard, and then the online community, Max, Maxi's Rescue Squad, and then this whole Live, Learn, Survive program. And I must say I was meeting you here yeah. about two weeks ago yes. because I was out here yeah. and, and a guy was drowning. It was seriously oh, drowning. Really? And I was so helpless. A, I'm like, oh, I can go. I have like, no idea. Oh, did you
2: see me out in the
0: – And then, yeah. Mario come out and – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was just come for a swim. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I oh, just the right place, right time. It was just <laughs> complete – but then you say like at school, I think we did like a bit of CPR. I can't quite remember it. My son Harper, yep. the guy you rescued, yep. he's got his surf coaching and had to do CPR yep. and stuff. But it's fascinating that – why wouldn't that piece of education be – compulsory or, is uh, it, or isn't that's it, or is it why i'm trying or?
2: to to push it out there and you know as, as daunting as it is as daunting as cpr and resuscitation is i really try and educate kids in what i've done yeah. in the books as well is make it less daunting where if they do the first three things where check for danger response send for help if you do those three first things you're potentially saving that person's life right so you're checking for danger to yourself the others in the, the the unfortunate yeah response the person could be sleeping fainted and mm. so on and then sending for help, go getting the right uh, emergency services there. Right. And then if you're a bit more confident there, we could do the CPR and understand all that stuff. So I'm really big on educating kids, just doing those sort of, the, and knowing their surroundings in the location. With the rescue squad, I dabble into all sorts of different things, first aid, resuscitation, fire safety, rips, river rescues, mm. all sorts of different things. So the beauty of it is it's no one's really doing what I'm yeah. doing across all all uh, things and I've got all, everything set up with the, the insurances and stuff like that where I can give advice and, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome and I love it and me and my business partner, Lee, uh, we, we do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I'm off to Cairns in a couple of weeks to educate the kids up there. Um, yeah, so it's just always something good. going on. We've got some really cool things in the pipeline.
0: And we have geographically obviously in Australia where we all live kind of on the edges. So we there's I don't know how many beaches there are in Australia, tens of thousands, yep. 20,000 or so. And so water safety is crucial yep, and we're all is. learned we all get taught to swim.
2: A lot of people don't realise is um, more people drown in Australia inland than they do on the coast, and and what? it's good because a lot of people a lot of people are doing the right thing, swim between the flags, and you know, it, bits and pieces doing the right thing. However, where the neglect uh, comes into it, these small communities, these towns, hot day, they've got the rivers, dams, lakes, and yeah. uh, we find that a lot of kids and young adults, you know, throw a few drugs and alcohol into the mix oh. as well. Um, un- unknown waterways there's always something going on with uh what's lurking underneath because it's dirty water mm. um there's so many hidden risks and hazards so i really focus my education onto knowing your surroundings in the bush as well wow. so that yeah. kind of helps with america we actually got a bit of an american it's building the online thing we've got a bit of an american community starting to build there where people are starting to realize what i'm doing and they're using it in their everyday practice. That's great. So Outstanding. your
0: delivery is you've got an online piece, you've got yep.
2: books. Yeah, online piece, you've got the books. So with the Live and Survive, we do the face-to-face stuff, we do the travelling stuff, but we also, with Max's Rescue Squad, we've created an online, a safe place where kids and young adults can learn life skills. With a video each month gets released, 20-minute 20, 20 episodes, we do weekly activities and we do a live Zoom with all the members huh. um, each each month. And we've got people from Trinidad. Um, really? Uh, we've got one, someone from there. We've got there. So we've got someone there. Uh, UAE, uh, Sweden, Germany, America, England, uh, so we're going to all these countries, and everyone's coming. and We're actually creating like an online surf club. That's
0: oh, what a great way so, to think about it. So it's called so, yeah.
2: Maxi's Rescue Squad. Yeah. So it's cool. Like I have got like bits and pieces, and yeah. it's, it's it's getting bigger and bigger. And um, the cool thing is, it's bringing the communities together. Yeah. And uh, you know, thank you for you know let me come no, on the podcast no, and talk about it as well.
1: So so Maxi, the thing that is going on in our part of the world in I'm in Portland, Oregon, and the rivers in our in our area are mostly snowmelt right yep. from we we have a bunch of volcanic mountains around yep. us yep. and what happens is people will go on a hot day they'll they'll go swimming and they will not realize that this water is shockingly yep. cold it's called not like ocean water, water. it's it's, it's, water it's, it's ice melt it's like snowmelt water yeah. That, yeah. that has come down from the mountain and it's in the in the stream. So they're like, yay, it's so hot. I'm going to get in and their muscles seize up and they, they drown. Basically how it all works,
2: hypothermia. So when I go to the UK, I've been to the UK four times for tours all around the UK and I explain to people, they go, oh, we don't swim that much. We don't do this. Well, cold water shock. So if you, fall, if you find yourself in the cold water, basically from your t- fingertips and from your toes, up your body, your body slowly starts to shut down. And because it's mm-hmm. so cold... The oxygen is not going around your body as as fluent. It's not going to your brain, so you actually become hypoxic, and then you actually don't realise that you're drowning to oh. an extent. So your body s- literally shuts down, so you can't kick, oh. can't move your arms, oh and it's just but you're a bit out of it, and then you just drown. And it happens. Yeah. So, it happens all, everywhere, like in the states, in 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 UK, in the UK, um, cold water shock. It's such a, it's a crazy thing. So
1: Okay. So, so that's awesome because there's one other thing that I don't know if you guys have this. Here's what we have here. We have people who are lost at sea due to sneaker waves. So they will go to the Oregon coast, which is beautifully violent. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, and they will pose for a photo Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, Hey, and they'll like, uh, they'll have the photo of, and then that'll be the last you'll ever see of them because yep. there's a, a wave that came up and grabbed them and took them back into the sea. Yep. Do you yep. guys have anything like that? Yeah, we have
2: heaps of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, even off Ben Buckley yeah. here, which, Jason would have seen it. Really? Um, his young harp is always surfing out there. Yeah, people get... Uh, we actually lost a guy a year and a half ago, a mm. Russian guy the with Russian his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it was uh, it was actually big lull. People don't understand what a lull is. You know, with the ocean, you've got big, long um, periods between the swell. So... He might have gone down, walked along the, the the rocks for 15 minutes. The water looks flat. And then 15 mm. minutes later, two, three set wave would come through. And uh, that yeah. day was like 10 foot. Mm. And unfortunately, uh, hit his head. And uh, yeah, that was, that was the end of him. So that's, it. So it is quite it. common. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, though, I, I really like to explain it because as a firefighter and a lifeguard, I see accidents happen. I see people do silly things happen. I see people take risks happen. All the unfortunate events. So when people go to me, oh, well, I don't like swimming. Or I don't do this and do that. Okay, all right. Let's just say you're 30 years old. You're on a ferry across somewhere and the ferry starts to sink. You don't know where the life jackets are. They haven't told you exactly where they are. You find yourself in the water. Then you potentially drown. Or you're walking along the the, the pier with your mates. One of your mates bumps you out because you're on the drink and you fall in the water. So, no, but, like, the thing is I really explain to people that, you know, it's all well and good if you don't act- actively want to do something. It's sometimes you find yourself, I guarantee 99% of people that have bad car accidents don't mm. want to be in that situation, yeah. but they find themselves in that situation because of unfortunate events. Mm. Could be someone else, could be. It's just what I'm trying to say is, is there's always things that could happen. You always need to watch out and you know what to do in those situations. And if you are a bystander that witnesses someone fall in the water, someone drop down as a, from a heart attack, or someone. Yeah. You know, knowing what to do in those situations. That's what I'm trying to get into the kids and the young adults mind to know what to do, remain calm, get the first things underway, and then they'll be able to look after the situation and make it better.
1: Okay. So yeah. I have to ask the question that all people who have ever watched your show yeah. want to know. And I just have to ask in the list of things that can go badly out there. Yes. It's not just me. That's noticed the tourists that come to Australia mm. often <laughs> don't know how to swim. Yep, And I'll tell you, as somebody who's a jury consultant who's worked on cases where people have drowned and I've done focus groups to ask people what they think about it, I've I've run into people who cannot swim, who say, that's ridiculous. Uh, People need to learn how to not go out into the water if they don't know how to swim. Uh, And I've met people who don't know how to swim who say, you know what? You should be able to enjoy the water just because you can't swim. Like that's what okay. the lifeguards are for. So, what do I There's have to is different say, attitudes about this. No, definitely, go. definitely. Yeah.
2: And what, what I, yeah, what I would say to that is swimming is a skill, not a fear, and it's something that you can get taught from a young age. And as you get older, it's important to know that everyone can float. All right, you don't mm-hmm. have to be a Michael Phelps or an Ian Thorpe and swim hundreds of meters in the water, but you need to understand how the science works by ca- by having oxygen and air in your, in your system. It will help keep you buoyant, especially more so in salt water. You're more buoyant in salt water. Every mm-hmm. single person on this earth, if they're taught, can float. So the amount of lives that can be saved.
1: Thank you for getting the torpedo in with... Yeah, with- <laughs> that yeah. but a lo- the that's records. the thing.
2: People And I can understand people <laughs> want to enjoy the water and they want to cool down and do whatever. But if, if you learn the skill of how to float at yeah. least... That in itself will potentially save your life. So, you know, kudos to the people that want to just run, roll the dice, and Mm. and you know, people don't realize that rips uh, are so dangerous. It's not just here in Australia; it's all around the world. I've been to America, England. I've seen rips in all these sorts of places, and it just takes people out. And um, the problem here at Bondi, people get off the bus, they come down, they go past Mm. the skate park, they see the backpackers rip. They say that there's no waves breaking there and they jump into where the waves aren't breaking.
1: Because <laughs> because it's the rip.
2: Yeah, because it's the rip. And a lot of people don't realize that where, where the waves are actually breaking is where you need to swim because it shows it's shallow water, the energy of the waves will push you back to shore and or adding onto the red and yellow flags. Everywhere else you see red and yellow, you think caution, danger. So sometimes people see flags and they think, oh, there's, there's waves there, on oh, there's flags there. Maybe that's not the safe space to swim. Right. So, yeah, there's, there's, so, there's, and that's why we're a bit more lenient. How can you? Not blow up at all the tourists that come down here, so, well you know what some of them just don't understand. Mm that's why we well presented.
1: right so that's okay so i have to put this in because my wife told me i had to ask this question she said i really i watched a bunch of the shows when we were in australia we watched the show like every day
0: it was so funny you're sitting on Bondi watching it on tv yeah. <laughs> no we
1: literally did that we like sat around like watching the show and then and then there was that moment jason where you were like telling the camera guys like this did no you don't want to this isn't one of your oh down that way yeah yeah, yeah do you remember that, that yeah it was, anyway. was pretty awkward anyway Like, yeah, kind of awkward. So there was this moment where, uh, so my wife was like, hey, I just want to know, why is it that you guys, like, so clearly tell people, don't go over there, and then people go over there?
2: Yeah, it stems back from what you were saying before. People just just don't realize how much danger they're in if they find themselves in that situation, Mm. and they just think they're better, you know, people... It's like don't speed. People still speed. Mm. Don't drink. Look, you know, right, open, right, eye, drink right, right. That's fair. people drink and drive. People drink and drive. Oh, you have a few beers. Oh, yeah, it's only around the quay. Live like people make the risk. People take risks every single day. So for, mm. for, they're probably thinking, well, everyone else is doing it, the surfers are out there. I could go swimming out there. Mm. So. The logic is people just think that they're better than what they are. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, the, right. It's, a, it's an arrogance. And yeah. It is an arrogance. I grew up in California. I grew up uh, surfing in Santa Cruz and I learned and I want to know if this is still true. I don't you would know and I don't know anymore. I mean, this is back in the 80s. We were told if you get in a rip, let it go like just roll with it do not fight like Don't fight. you have to respect nature nature will crush you you have no power so just sit there and let it take you where it's going to take you and then figure it out is that still the advice it
2: is mate it is so everyone like i said before everyone can float if you learn how to float uh, let it take you all rips you're not going to end up in new zealand if you get stuck in one it's going to take you out the back <laughs>
1: It wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. wouldn't be bad. Yeah, it you, you watch surfers <laughs> a all, all the time. Down. Surfers
2: use rips to get out the back. Um, the rips take right. you out past the surf break and then usually the head of the rip. And then if you're a good
0: swimmer, you can swim either left or right mm-hmm. or
2: aim for where the waves are. And the momentum of the waves will push you back to shore. It's a
0: great perspective. We, One thing we love to do on this, this show is to debunk myths. Yep. And you've seen, you've got this yep, vast yep. experience over 16, 17 years in mm-hmm. two fields, firefighting and, and life-sharing. Well, I want to know, think of a, Think of something that we all think is true that you can debunk for us. You, okay, you so it, um, yeah. so maybe we'll keep the water
2: theme. So a lot of people think um, with the rips uh, that the sand, uh, the sand banks collapse or they just melt away. Hmm. Um, that's not the case. A lot of the time is if you go over a wave or under a wave on a big sandbank without noticing when you jump off the sand to go under the wave or in that period of time of year off off the sand, you might drift left or right. And then when you put down you go, Oh, and then all of a sudden you're in the rip. You go, Oh, it it melted away from me, or it the sand just it, the hole disappeared. Like um yeah, so that, maybe that could be a, a myth. Be yeah. cause a lot of people think that sandbanks just, just vanish. Move that quickly. There's 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 right. over overtime, water and the energy of the waves will, will cause a, uh, a channel. That's amazing. That's so cool. I want to understand. So for listeners, they want to learn all about your
0: programs. Where can they find you?
2: Okay. So basically they can find Lifeguard Maxi, M-A-X-I, as Instagram, uh, Live, Learn, Survive. If you go to Lifeguard Maxi, you'll see all the Live, Learn, Survive stuff um, that I put up on there. Uh, please... If after this podcast, get in touch, um, have a chat, introduce yourself. I love, I'm always happy to, to put you in the right direction. And then maxiesrescue squad.com.au is uh, the online learning. And then if you want me to come to your school or library or surf club or do any face to face or online learning, just lifeguardmaxie.com.au. Awesome. So, yeah, That's so really you beautiful. can find me, but uh, there's a lot of, lot of information there. And I uh, actually, fun fact, I did a school in Washington yeah. about. Three, four weeks ago where I did a classroom of kids talking about fire safety. That's so cool. So through Zoom, through the school, managed to do my first online school in the States. Awesome. Wow. That's fantastic. Through social media wise, I'm nearly at 180,000 followers, but there's the third biggest part of my uh, social media is American audience. So I'm I'm tapping into that audience and I love to be able to educate Americans, people from the UK, all around the world. Um, the beauty of it is I'm not just in Australia. So I've got a voice everywhere.
1: Nice. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast, nah, Maxi. Uh, on your lunch hour or whatever <laughs> the heck is that <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. I mean, yeah. so, you know, so listeners, I'm just going to throw this in there. We've been trying to get Maxi on for a while, but he keeps having to deal with stuff because he's got to fight fires. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I
2: was always making sure that I was getting on this because I, you know, uh, Jason's a top bloke, and I've, 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 like, I love chatting to new people like yourself. in over in the states, it's, it's good to get the message out there. And um, yeah, it's just the last couple of weeks has been unfortunate. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Jase had to travel Behind down to Brambler, and right. yeah, there's yeah. so much little things that have. Yeah. Like, well I've been free, and he's not. Right. Yeah, but I'm glad that we yeah. managed to get it done. So. Right,
1: and to have you here doing it, yeah, yeah. it keep saving those lives. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're like. We're, we're behind you. Yeah.
2: yeah. Ah, thank you. But yeah, uh, I look forward to chat again. Thank you. Thanks. Sweet, mate. See no you. worries.
0: Thank you for joining us at the Recombinator
1: Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham.
0: Catch you next time.